You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. O'Connell's under center. Jacobs the lone tailback. Snap. Handoff Jacobs. Cuts in the hole. Right side at the one. Pushing forward. Touchdown, Raiders! Josh Jacobs caps off a wonderful drive. He walks over to the crowd, and the Raiders have a 13-0 lead. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Live from Buffalo Wild Wings, here's your boy Q. Josh Jacobs, touchdown number one against the Giants on Sunday. Looking forward to this Sunday against the Jets. Hopefully you hear Josh Jacobs in the end zone multiple times. He got in twice against the Giants. What will he do this upcoming Sunday against the Jets. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920, live at Buffalo Wild Wings, 65 East Horizon Ridge in Henderson. Come on by, hang out with us. Uh, the prizes are going. We're here on the table. They are here on the table, but they're going. So you got to come on by and get hooked up. We've got that guy, the voice of the silver and black, Jason Horowitz. We've got him on the line. We're going to hold on real quick with Jason because I do want to get to a patient Raider Mike real quick. But Raider Mike, make it quick. we got Jason holding on. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. I'll just make it quick. Uh, during the heads like quarterback, uh, Wilson, wait till he sees Max coming at him. Hmm. His, his eyes are just going to light up like a pinball machine. He's going to melt down. I'm not really worried about this game. We stacked the box, put Brees Hall out of the picture. Wilson cannot get the ball out to, uh, the kid from Ohio State. I can't remember his name right Garrett now. Garrett Wilson. Yeah, Garrett Wilson, great, great receiver. Rodgers would just do wonders and make him look like Devontae back in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So just keep a nice, tight game plan. Mix it up a little bit, bow hard, and uh, we should be fine this game. I'm not really worried about it. I I know Wilson is. So anyway, I know you got to get to it. Thanks for letting me on. We'll, we'll talk about the victory on Monday. Raiders! There he goes. Raider Mike, fired up Raider Mike. Oh, that wasn't good. <laughs> that did not sound good, whatever. Not what Raider Mike just said, but there sounded like there was somewhat of a crash going on in the bar area here at Buffalo Wild Wings as somebody just rolled out of the out of the kitchen with that look on their face like, oh, no, clean up on aisle two. Well, we don't have a clean up here. We've got my guy, Jason Horowitz, the voice of the silver and black. He joins us now on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And, Jason, thanks for your time this afternoon. Raider Nation's fired up. They're excited. We just had Raider Mike on. Uh, he's pumped up about this game. And we saw in week one, Jason, we saw that energy from the team, AP and Antonio Pierce. Do you think that energy and excitement, do you think that continues to flow into week two, Sunday night football? Oh, I think the juice is real. I think the, I think the, I think the energy and the feeling of, you know, I, the feeling of being loose, I yeah. think all of that's real. Um, the, you know, the question is, it, you know, for it to be a belief that it was the previous head coach and, and, and offensive coordinator as the reason why this team wasn't living up to possibility, it's, it's something that's going to have to be over the course of six, seven weeks, right? I mean, one game of rushing for over 100 yards, scoring more than 21 points, not having a turnover, all three of those things that they hadn't had in any game. Um, and to do them all in one game is great. The, the skeptic will say, well, the Giants stink. Right. And Daniel Jones got hurt early in the second. Like, you've got all those, yeah, but. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the reality, though, is that the Raiders haven't been good enough to deal with any yeah, but. So it doesn't matter. Um, 
so you have to see it for a few weeks. But but that energy will definitely carry over that to Sunday night. No question. What did you think about Bo Hardegree and his his play calling? Because we had a whole lot of we didn't know, right? We never knew what it was going to look like, and I thought it was pretty decent. I thought it was pretty good, as a matter of fact. But what did you think from a bird's eye view? I think there was a, some creativity, not a ton, but enough. Mm-hmm. I think the offensive line got up, and I don't know if this has anything to do with play calling, but I think the offensive line had better push, uh, and there was more to the outside on a regular basis than maybe um, we had seen. And I don't have numbers to back that up, but just a gut feeling. Uh, so I think you had that against the Giants. And then, you know, from a numbers standpoint, Aiden O'Connell got the ball out of his hand faster than any quarterback that was starting in week nine. Wow. I think the average was 2.21, something like that. Yeah. So, so you know, and you saw, right, the slant throws to Jacoby Myers, the mm-hmm. throws to Renfro. On average, Aiden O'Connell had got the ball out of his hands from the time the ball was snapped faster than any quarterback in, in week nine. And, and the reality is he had to. Because the only other evidence we had seen of Aiden O'Connell was he wouldn't get rid of the football at all. Right. And he took seven sacks and six of those by Khalil Mack. Now, here's, here's a different challenge, right? That the Giants defense... Um, came into last week better than the numbers had shown. The previous three games, the defense for the Giants was playing lights out. So to do all that against the Giants' defense was huge. Um, but the Jets' front seven is as good as, as, as most front sevens in the NFL. They've got seven or eight different guys who can rush the passer, including a couple of elite ones. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got two really solid Pro Bowl-type linebackers in Quincy, Mosley and C- uh, in, uh, Quincy Williams and C.J. Mosley. So this is a different challenge, um, but certainly one that the Raiders can, can, can still achieve. Yeah, no, they can, right? Of course, the big question is going to be Colton Miller at the left tackle position who didn't participate, didn't practice the last few days. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens when the inactives come out on Sunday, if he'll be in or out. But uh, that'll be a huge blow, if not, in my opinion. But, again, if Aiden O'Connell could continue to get the ball to his hand quickly and the run game is effective like it was on Sunday against the Giants, it could be something that they could use in their favor because the Jets, their one Achilles heel is the run defense. So maybe a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs again? I, well, I mean, you always think that anyway. Josh, Josh has more attempts than anybody in the NFL. Yeah. You know, like we, we keep talking about this as being a down year for Josh, and and he's still over 500 yards, and he's on his way to another 1,000-yard season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which, it, it, you know, I, I, it's not what he had last year, and his total numbers will certainly look less than uh, the, the what we're coming off of a year ago. But, you know, a 1,000-yard season in today's NFL is still a big deal. Right. And so, you know, Josh is on his way to that. He went last. I think if my, if my notes are right, last week before the game, um, he was 18th in the NFL in rushing yards. And when the week was over, he was 10th. Wow. That's a big number to <laughs> climb. And, he, and it's not like he had 500 yards. He only had 98 yards. But, right. but, you know, there were some guys on a bye. Not everybody had a great week. You know, the whole thing. And so, so he has more attempts than anybody in the NFL this year, uh, total anyway. And he's still top 10 in the NFL in yards. And, I, you know, I think there's a belief that uh, the second half of this year for Josh Jacobs is going to be more productive than the first half. And if it is, you know, this offense, I don't know that they're going to score 30 every game, but can they get to 23-24? Yeah, and if they do, um, the, the, the other part to this is that the, the defense has nine interceptions the last six games. Right. You know, we only had six picks total each of the last two years. Yep. And they've got nine in the last six games. That's a big number for – um, Patrick Graham and everything that we've heard, you know, his approach and takeaways being such a key part. And, 
now obviously with Antonio Pierce as well. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Again, the voice of the silver and black, Jason Horowitz, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Sticking with Josh Jacobs in that offense, how important was it that Bo Hardegree went to Jacobs and said, what do you like to do? Went to the wide receiver room, went to the offensive line room. <laughs> you mean have communication? Right. <laughs> I, I think, you, you know, like, yep. and I don't mean that as a shot to Josh McDaniels and Mick Lombardi. I have no idea what their weekly talks were like. You know, right. so I don't mean that as that. But, but it's, you know, that is something that was talked about this week is something being simple, which yeah. is it's really important for people who are executing a plan to have a part and a stake in the plan. Right. You know, and, and I think I think especially when you've got veterans in this league who are really good at what they're doing and a quarterback who's not necessarily positive yet what he's doing because he doesn't know what he doesn't know. They need to be part of it. Yeah. And so, I, I again, I don't know what their role was before. But I do know the question asked to Josh Jacobs after the Monday Night loss to Detroit was, how do you fix the offense? He said, I'm not paid to do it. And then this week you get a different conversation where, you know, the conversation was with Bo Hardy and Josh Jacobs, well, how should we handle this right. in some form or fashion? And, and, I, and, I, and I, think, I think that's a positive step in the right direction at a minimum. It is. It is. And and every coach doesn't do that. And it blows my mind. And when so Josh said that in the locker room following the game, well, they made me part of the game plan. They came to me and asked me what I wanted to do. And he almost looked surprised. Like, that's not something that should happen. And I don't know why, Jason, more coaches don't do that. But it is simple communication, and it would get the best. And he said even, well, if they ask me what I do and I tell them, I better go out there and do it. And so I did it. Like, that's right. simple math. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, even from uh, – look at is it necessary? Probably not. Josh Jacobs doesn't need to have a hundred yard game. Right. You know, Josh, Josh, Josh has been a rushing champ. He's third most rushing yards in Raiders history. And he's only four and a half seasons into his career. And, you know, but I, you know, there's probably something there that Antonio Pierce last week wanted him to get over a hundred yards. Yeah. Now the sad part is he did. Yep. And then they left him in for one more play and he went under a hundred yards. So he did not have a hundred yard game. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, I think there's, I think it shows there's something there right now with Antonio Pierce, the guys who have been elevated, and the players in the locker room. You know, and, and again, time will tell right. on what the relationship means in terms of wins and losses. Nobody thinks this is the best team in the NFL. Well, right. I mean, the players might. Right, and Antonio right. Pierce, the outside doesn't think this is all of a sudden the best team in the NFL, but they are better or should be better than what they were for the first eight weeks. And that is what they have to live up to for the final eight. Yeah, you know, it's funny talking about Antonio Pierce wanting to get Josh Jacobs at 100 yards. One of the first guys I talked to in the locker room was Jermaine Illuminor because, well, the offensive line kept Aiden O'Connell clean and almost got 100 yards for Josh Jacobs. So I said, you know what, let me go talk to an offensive lineman. So I saw Jermaine Illuminor, talked to him immediately. And I know that there's no question if players love each other or got each other's back, but the first thing he says to me is, do you know, did Josh get over 100? And I said exactly what you said. Well, he did... But then he lost three yards on the last play. And so, and he was visibly upset. Like, man, we've got to get Josh over 100 yards. He said, that's why we put him back in. We weren't taking a knee. We wanted to get him over 100. And I said, one play too much. <laughs> one play too much. But it, it, it shows me something, Jason, how much he cared and how much he wanted to achieve that goal of getting 100 yards for Josh for the first time in 2023. Yeah. Well, also, uh, for my six-year-old who I let run his own, I hate fantasy football. You and I have Yes. That. But yes. my six-year-old who runs the fantasy team in this house, uh, who, who decided that Josh was going to be his first pick, 
uh, and he would get his number eight uh, Ford. Uh, what size is he? Like a huge small jersey. Um, <laughs> he uh, he was very excited about the extra bonus point for hundred, and then lost that. So you know, there's that too. <laughs> I don't know if Jermaine's a fantasy guy, right? I know Austin Eckler plays fantasy, <laughs> right? That's true. That is true. Jason Horowitz is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio Nine Twenty. The defense, Amik Robertson. He seems like he's just making plays, making plays, and making plays. How much fun is that guy to watch when he's out there doing what he does? Oh, he's he. You know, we talked about this in the fourth quarter on Sunday. I mean, there was not that we all know or really have any insight, um, but there was outside conversation in the season that Amik Robertson wasn't going to make the team. Yeah. You know, they brought in so many veterans who were in their fifth or sixth year, uh, guys that were kind of similar. And I think the thought was, he, you know, and maybe if Brandon Faison stays healthy, maybe Amik doesn't make the team. Right. I don't know. Um, I'm glad he's on the team. Yes. Because – this was a team that last year did not have a ton of plays, and the ones they did, he was a big part of. And if you go back to the first three weeks of the season, um, Amik Robertson, I think, played six or seven total defensive plays. And and since then, you know, there was the injury to Nate Hobbs, and guys had to get moved over. And, um, Amik's been on the field pretty much the whole time, and he he's had a couple of moments where he's made a mistake. Yeah. But man, oh man, has he come up big when they had to, and he's got great awareness. And, and and, you know, it goes back to his days at Louisiana Tech. And I once did a game at Louisiana Tech where he was on hand team and made a play on, a, on an onside kick that he took back 50 yards for a touchdown. Nice. And they sealed the game. And so, like, I, I just I, – I think that, look, he's small. No one's denying that. And, and But he also is good. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's really important to have those guys on the field. And, and he doesn't miss his opportunities. No, no, he doesn't. And, you know, it's funny in that game. And there's another thing that I, I mentioned in the locker room. I asked him because he made a bad mistake early and Antonio Pierce pulled him off the field. And then he gave him another opportunity to put him back on the field, and he made the most of it. And he said, I know, I've got to clean those up, and I will. And the way he said that, like he was, as a matter of fact, I will make those, uh, you know, clean those mistakes up. I'm not going to do that. It just shows me kind of the mentality of who he is. And that's the kind of guy you've got to have, Jason. You might make a mistake, but you've got to clear it and be able to do, you know, do what he did and make plays. And Amik does exactly that, and the Raiders need that on the defense. They just make plays. They do. And, you know, I know, I know. I know there's been some criticism the first nine games about Marcus Peters, right? He's yeah. a veteran in this league. He's yep. got, you know, 33 now career interceptions. Um, his entire career has been about making plays. And I know, including against the Giants last week, you have options where he, he has dropped some interceptions. You know, there, in, in, in his career, Marcus probably makes a lot of those. And, you know, he gets three or four picks now, as opposed to the pick six as being the only interception he had there in Detroit. But the other part to that is, um, I'm blanking on which game it was, but he made a play on a ball that batted it up in the air that Robert Blaine picked off. The game oh, yeah. Blaine had the two interceptions. Yep. I think yep. that was the Packers game. Yeah, it was. And, yep. and Yeah, and like he made that play. Mm-hmm. You know, the play against the Giants, yes, he should have had the interception. But the reality is he also ran the route in front of Darius Slate, meaning he knew what he was doing right? and, and, and was there to make the play. So, so yeah, it would be great if Marcus Peters has a couple more picks, 100%. Has he been a bigger factor on making some plays on defense than, than maybe he's getting credit for a hundred percent as well. I think the biggest thing with Marcus Peters, at least for me is just, you know, the, the, the tackling or, or lack of tackling at times you could say, okay, that, no you, question. <laughs> you could be a little bit no better. Question. You could be a little better at that, but I get it. His role is to do exactly what he's doing. He's, not, plays. The first, 
He's not the first corner in the history no. of the NFL that every radio host has been asking him to make a little bit better on that. No, <laughs> no, not at all. And he won't be the last. That's for sure. He won't be the last. Well, Jason, we'll close out with this. I mean, through the ups and downs, the, the twists and turns of this season, the Raiders are still right there. They're four and five with an opportunity to square up and be even if they can get a victory Sunday night against the Jets. How big would that be for the team? And, you know, even Antonio Pierce, who's in his second week as the interim head coach. Yeah, well, it would be massive, right? Yeah. And and then, you know, you 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 take some momentum on the road. You know, five. The, the funny thing is, and I don't know how you feel, Q, because you're, you're doing this every single day and, and the whole thing, but, like, um, you know, the feeling about this team heading into week nine, well, let me rephrase that. The feeling after week eight was so much drastically worse than the team week eight last year. Mm-hmm. The crazy part is, you know, they're four and five through nine games now. Last year it was two and seven. Right. But the reason that the the feeling was better last year was because they had so many double digit leads. The offense had made had, like it, it glimpses had showed you so much explosive playmaking ability uh, that you knew they were there. They just the defense was struggling and they couldn't hold on and there were some adjustments. But like there there was a better feeling about that group than there was about this one. But now that's totally different. Yep. You know, now it's, I, and I know, I don't know what the whole world, I don't know what the playoffs are going to look like. Who knows, right? We have no idea. And, and, and after playing the Jets tomorrow on Sunday night, you know, a trip to Miami is a tough one. The Dolphins offense is explosive and we'll see who's healthy, but they're, especially at home, they're as good as anybody in football and they're on a record breaking pace, or at least they were before Kansas City. Yep. And then it's Kansas City coming to a legion and we know how the Raiders have struggled with Kansas City for the last seven, eight years, right? So like you, you look at all that and you're like, wow, like, because it could be, but also it could also be difficult. But the, the feeling, if they can win this game Sunday night and be competitive, if not pull off a big upset in one of the next two games, it, it's just a different mentality. It's a different thought. It's a different, you know, Antonio Pierce knows what the Raiders Chiefs rivalry is all about. Yep. You know, and, and, you know, the fact that it's home, the Chiefs are not nearly as explosive as they have been. The Raiders defense is better than it has been in years past. And, you know, the other part to all that is that, you know, the Raiders probably should have beaten Kansas City in Arrowhead last year. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. it was 17 nothing. Yep. And, 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 then, and then the game was about to be tied. Yep. Uh, but, but, you know, Josh McDaniels elected to go for two with 450 to go in the ballgame. Right. And they lose 30 to 29. So you don't know what would have happened. Maybe they win. Maybe they lose. I don't know. Um, but, but they were there. Week five last year, and this is a lot of the same guys that were on that team. Yeah. So the Broncos beat the finally broke their streak against the Chiefs. What's the state of this team, Keith? So you know that's down the road. Yeah. That's Thanksgiving weekend. We got a lot to get to before now and then. Uh, but yes, a win over the Jets, who are right in the same exact spot as the as the uh, as the Raiders are in the standing, would be massive. Yeah. And back to back wins over you know two teams that aren't good offensively. You Raiders haven't been able to count on wins that they're supposed to get uh, in recent memory until last week. So that would be huge. And, and that would take his momentum into the trip to Miami. Yeah, it really would. And uh, I know Raider Nation would be super fired up. They're fired up now, man. It's like a big black cloud has been they lifted off be. of Raider Nation. So, yeah, exactly. And so it's made my job a lot easier. I'll tell you that. And I'm okay with that. Any day of the week and twice on Sunday when I can have a much easier job than as of, uh, you know, late before, <laughs> before the changes. But it's all good. We're not worried about that. We're worried about moving forward. Well, Jason, fantastic stuff, man, as always. I look forward to Sunday night. Look forward to seeing you 
at Allegiant Stadium. We always catch up before the game. So I definitely appreciate your time, my man. You're the best, Q. Talk to you soon. There he goes, Jason Horowitz, voice of the Silver and Black, with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. My man Jason just showed up here at Buffalo Wild Wings, dropped off a nice bottle of Ocean Vodka. So, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite vodkas. I'm a big Tito's guy, Ocean Organic Vodka, the one from Hawaii, right? It makes it official when it's from Hawaii. So, yeah, I like this one uh, a lot. He stopped by. My man Quick just rolled in, so uh, he's here in the building as well. Uh, We got a party. All we need is you. I would invite Ari, but Ari don't show up nowhere anyway, so we'll just go ahead and let you sit in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio and hold it down. You do a great job holding it down in the studio. I'm not mad at you. If you want, why are you looking at me like that, though? You, why, are you, why are you looking at me side-eye? Because I got an answer. You, you want someone to run the UNLV game tonight on ESPN Las Vegas, or would you yeah. rather me come over? <laughs> over I mean, look, man, we ah, figured those things out. No, you didn't, you didn't let me finish. We figured those things out later. Oh, okay. I like right? the way you think. Yeah, I'm just saying, man. Just worry about we'll those things later. We'll, we'll worry about the present now. Actually, you know what? I ain't worried about the UNLV game later. I'm worried about running the show. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> right? smart. That's you know what I mean? Point. Now, see, that's that's the bigger problem. If you were to leave right now, then we wouldn't be on the radio. Now, that would be the big problem. So, yeah. UNLV will work there. itself out, right? They'll be in action. Matter of fact, tonight at Allegiant Stadium, they kick off at uh, 745, a late one. So, uh, Ari's going to spend – you're going to spend all day Ari at the studio. all night in the studio. I'm going to send you some food, man, a boring cheese pizza or something i'm gonna hook you up because well, yeah just no possum stew please no that's mm-hmm. yeah so i you heard, heard you heard that i huh? almost tweeted but everybody beat me to it to, to bust your chops <laughs> about that uh. that is funny no that's it was nothing to bust my chops about so my guy that i was on the show with last night on game night on espn radio this guy jeff turn first of all let me explain this guy he's a walking bit like that's what he does he, he's a bit guy right i'm not a bit guy I just I, I talk about the now, I talk about whatever, but I don't do things just to try to get a reaction. And that's what, that's what Jeff does, right? I mean, this guy, he's been on Radio Row at the Super Bowl, and he asked a UFC fighter to punch him in the belly, which is dumb. But he did it because everyone, what, is going to pay attention and be like, oh, man, look what that guy did. I'm not that guy. I don't need attention like that. I don't want attention like that. But that's who he is. So I do a show with him, like, once a week. Normally I'm on with Emmett Golden, or, like, tonight I'll be on with Myron Metcalf. But once a week. I'm with Jeff Turn, and I never know what's going to happen because he's, like I said, he's a bit guy, so he's going to go for the looks. He's going to go for the laughs, which is cool. That's his thing. And, again, he's from South Dakota. So he always is coming up with some random things to eat. He's always talking about what he's eating. Like he wraps up everything in fruit roll-ups. It's just it's gross, right? And he talks about these different casseroles, this, that, and the other. So he tells us a story on the air about a time that when he was living in Nashville, apparently, there was a possum – and he walked outside to go get some dog food, and there was a possum hanging out the back of uh, the, the dog food bag or whatever like that. And so then he went to go kill it, but apparently one of his neighbors took the possum and created possum stew out of it, which is, okay, I'm already out, right? I'm already out. There's no chance that I'm even thinking about that. And then I guess his neighbor took him a, 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 like a Tupperware full of it and said, here, I brought it for you, you know, and he took it home. And I said, why would you even take it home? Like, why would you even entertain that you were going to eat it. He's like, well, I thought about it. I said, why would you do that? Like, that doesn't make any sense. But then I realized who I was talking to, a guy who, you know, is a bit guy. Like, that's what he does. And so he's tried to say, oh, Q, you never thought about having any possum suit? No. No. Why would I do anything silly and foolish like that? So that's how the whole thing really came about. Uh, and he kept insisting that, well, it might not be that bad. It's not, it's, it's not as bad as this, that, and the other. I'm like, dude, dude, there was possum. There was a possum in the stew. There's no reason for that. Like, that's the only thing I had to keep saying. I don't even have to have a rebuttal. My only answer was there was possum in the stew. That's gross. Once again, 
there was right. a possum. <laughs> yeah, I said that like five times in a row, and he just, oh, yeah, it's, it's not that bad. I'm sure it's probably, you know, come on, dude. It was good stuff. I was going to say, suddenly my cheese pizza doesn't sound like such a bad <laughs> right, idea. Right, <laughs> that part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Possum stew, cheese pizza. Give me cheese, please. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that all day, every <laughs> single day. So, yeah, that was the story of uh, the, the whole possum stew, which is absolutely ridiculous. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear from Antonio Pierce. He met with us earlier at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. But because of Vinny Bonsignor and his fine work, he sent us over some uh, Josh Jacobs from the locker room. Josh Jacobs is a, a guy that I think is going to be a big-time factor in this game coming up on, uh, on Sunday against the Jets because, well, the Jets aren't good at stopping the run. The Raiders aren't good at stopping the run but at least it gives them a chance offensively uh, with Josh Jacobs and to get rolling downhill. So uh, here's Josh Jacobs in the Raiders locker room just a little while ago. On tape, does that kind of translate, or is this team maybe better against the run than that? I think they're, I think they got, if not the best defense, the second best defense in the, in the league, maybe behind Cleveland right now, uh, in my opinion, just, just just from watching film, the way that they got, uh, their front seven, how physical they are, um, how good they are with, with what they do. I mean, obviously, you know, their cover guys, they are who they are, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I think it's going to be a unique challenge. I know that they're going to come in and try to stop the run this week, so it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, we, we game, game plan and uh, what they come out and do. When they have a defensive tackle like William, who's like the guy who's dominating the last scrimmage, yeah, like, how, how much do you have to do like, where he is or where he's going out there? Oh, man, you know, Q, I got a, I got a you know, a, a real relationship with him, uh, you know, so just to be able to see him uh, do what he's done has definitely been huge. Um, and, I mean, I just know what kind of good uh, player he is. You know, he's, he's an elite player. Um, and I don't think that he gets enough recognition for what he does, uh, you know, on a, on a day-to-day basis for that for that organization. Um, but I think that uh, it's going to be fun to go against him. I know he's going to be talking a little bit, too, so it's going to be fun. Last week, was there was a lot of emotion last week, and it carried over into the game. How do you guys kind of manage that now moving forward, that it's not always just about the emotion? Uh, yeah, I mean... I think a lot of guys were just excited to go out there and be able to play a game and feel like, you know, not feel any anxiety. I think that was where the emotion was coming from. Um, but uh, I think that a lot of the guys have been dialed in this week on just the X's and O's of what we want to accomplish um, and try to go out there and prove that it wasn't a fluke. So, yeah. How much did you appreciate Bo calling a game, letting you do what you do, but putting Aiden in positions to succeed? As a captain, how... how refreshing was that? I mean, I think that's the job of the offensive coordinator. <laughs> right. You know, that's, they, that's kind of what they're supposed to do. Uh, you know, uh, you know, put, put guys in a, the best position with what they feel like they do best um, and to allow them to, you know, excel. And, uh, you know, with Aiden, man, you know, he's still a young guy, so just to be able to see him come out there and have the confidence in the poise and, uh, and to be able to execute, I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see him come do it against a good defense. Josh Jacobs right there in the Raiders locker room just a little while ago. Uh, good stuff from Vinny sending it over to us. We definitely appreciate it again. I believe Josh Jacobs will be a big factor in this game coming up on Sunday night. I love the fact that he said, uh, you know, he, he knows Q really well. He was talking about Quentin Williams, not me, clearly. Uh, he was talking about Quentin Williams and the opportunity. And I honestly thought that there was a good shot back in 2019 when uh, Josh was in the draft and Quentin Williams was in the draft. If he had got past the Jets, I really in my heart believe that Quentin Williams would be a Raider right now and Josh Jacobs would be a Raider. I thought both those guys, that was going to be the one-two punch. You'd get you get uh, Quentin at number four and you get Josh Jacobs at, what they get him at, number 24? Is that where they, I think that's where they got him, 24, and then they got Abram at 28, right? Something like that. But I thought it was going to be like that one-two punch, Quentin, Josh Jacobs, and then Jonathan Abram. It didn't work out like that. Obviously, the Jets got him one pick ahead of uh, the Raiders at number four, and then the Raiders went with with uh, Cleve Farrell, and, well, the rest is history. John, 
John Abram was number 28 overall, and Josh Jacobs ended up being the, the really good player out of that first round for the Silver and Black. 327 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings, 65 East Horizon Ridge in Henderson. Come on by and hang out with us. We still got some more prizes here on the table. We'll hear from Antonio Pierce, plus we'll hear from you next on Red Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, live from Buffalo Wild Wings. Coming up about 28 minutes from now, Nick Shook from NFL.com will scattershoot all things NFL. Week 10 got underway on Thursday Night Football with the Bears getting the victory over the Carolina Panthers. We'll talk about the Bears. We'll talk about the Panthers. Talk about Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, who's shining. Talk about the Raiders, of course. Getting all things NFL-related with Nick Shook, good friend of the show from NFL.com, NFL Network. Coming up at 4 o'clock. Want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r What's it going to take for the Raiders to get a win Sunday night football versus the Jets? Who do you believe will be the difference maker for the Raiders? I think Josh Jacobs offensively, I think that's a, a no-brainer. I think he needs to be a difference maker. And then defensively, I'm looking at the secondary. Somebody in the secondary to make a play. Uh, it could be Amik, it could be Marcus, it could be Jacorian, right? It could be any of these guys, Nate Hobbs, any of these guys in the secondary. Maybe someone on the back end of it, Epps, Trayvon Merrick. I just feel like the secondary is playing pretty good ball. And, and, and the thing about it is they're first in the league right now with, uh, with passes that are 15-plus yards given up. They've given up less 15-plus yard passes than any other team in the league. So the secondary is doing pretty well. So I think someone's going to make a play. That's, that's going to be my difference maker. And I know it's not singling out a certain person, but I'll just go ahead and say a certain position group. That's secondary and then Josh Jacobs. Those are the two for me. But we'd love to hear from you at 69187, keyword r And, again, 702-365-9200. Uh, got, got this text from the 707. Pretty funny. Key to the game, cool the Jets, make it interesting, and don't play like a dollar store steak. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. Well done. Well done. That cool the Jets line is not going to go away anytime soon. The interesting line is not going to go any, away anytime soon. That's the Ari line. And then the dollar store steak, that's a demand type thing. We all have our we all have our things apparently. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Good stuff though. Uh, let us know about it again. Six nine one eight seven keyword R and R and seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Did get a tweet that I wanted to go ahead and uh, and talk about. Joe hit us up and said, uh, "Q, if the Raiders win by ten plus against the Jets, I'm drinking a gallon of the Kool Aid and going all in for the playoffs. If not, it was dope while it lasted. So there you go. Joe said a gallon of Kool Aid. It depends on what flavor it is and how sugary it is, right?" If it's if it's if it's made like I used to make the Kool Aid, and a, a gallon might be a little much, man. You might get a little sick afterwards, right? All that sugar in it. But if it's kind of just the sugar that you're actually supposed to, you know, they have the directions. Oh, put this certain amount of sugar in it, and then you do that, and then you do it again, and then you do it again, or you just do like Ari and just kind of pour it and guesstimate. That's what happens, you know. So that that could be a little bit uh, too much of the Kool Aid. But I get what you're saying. I don't know how many they they they're gonna win by if they win. I mean, it's gonna be a tough game. It's not gonna be one of those. Uh, easier. I felt much better about the game against the Giants than I do the Jets just because the Jets' defense is so strong, especially that front seven. It's going to be a tough day 
at the office for the Raiders. But it's not a game that they can't win, that's for sure. There's no means that they can't win this. They just got to go out there and put their best foot forward. So you keep that feedback coming. We definitely appreciate hearing from you. Now, I want to hear from uh, Coach Pierce, interim head coach for the Silver and Black. He's heading into week two. Uh, one of the questions he was asked earlier today was about how happy he was with the team coming back, the way that they got back to practice the last couple of days. Yeah, we had two good practices. Obviously, we got to clean some things up. Um, first full week, right, like a normal week. So, obviously, there's going to be a little bit more there with corrections, more practice time, more meeting time to do that. And uh, But, again, I'm going to go back to the key words that I always talk about our purposes there. So, yes, we're heading in the right direction. So the one thing about Coach Pierce is he's never going to go into a super long, lengthy, uh, you know, explanation. He said that in his introductory presser. He said, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very short. Very to the point, and, and I can appreciate that, right? He doesn't have to dance around. He doesn't have to do this, that, and the other. Just get right to the point, say what he's got to say, and that's exactly what he does. And I've said it multiple times, but every time he answers a question, he always answers it with a smile on his face, always. You could tell that he definitely enjoys what he's doing and the opportunity that he has right now. And he's been spending a lot of time on the defensive side of things, obviously as the linebackers coach, but then he's spending a lot of time on the offensive side of things as well. He's got to get to know the whole team. Last week I asked him, matter of fact, on Monday I asked him about the challenge that the offensive line had going up against the Giants led by Wink Martindale on that defensive unit because they send so much pressure, and he said he spent a lot of time in the offensive line room. So here's Coach Pierce talking about developing relationships with those offensive players. Yeah, I, th I thought even prior to this uh, opportunity, uh, you know, I did cross over a little bit, but now I'm over there more, right? I'm, I'm actually spending more of my, most of my time over there with the offense and allowing them to feel me, get used to hearing me, seeing me, hearing me speak, how I talk, and then interacting with them. And then just, you know, just kind of watching our coaches coach, you know, I, I wasn't focused on that. You know, I had my own job to do as a linebacker coach. So uh, I would say a big part of my day is with the offense. So there he is. He's talking about the relationship he's building with the offensive side of things. And that's the thing. When you're the coach, man, you've got a CEO everything, right? And that's why sometimes it's so difficult when guys decide they want to still call plays or call, call the defensive you know, game plan, whatever the case may be. As the head coach, it's really difficult to get to know everybody and do everything uh, throughout the whole course of the, the game. So that's why a lot of times uh, it's always suggested, okay, well, this guy's taking over as the head coach. Maybe someone else should call the plays. And I know a lot of Raider Nation thought that about Coach McDaniels. Okay, he can stay on his coach, but he, he's got to give up the play calling. Well, obviously none of that happened, and uh, we know what's going on now. Antonio Pierce is the guy in charge. Well, we talked about Colton Miller. He's, uh, he's doubtful for the game, and uh, that will be a big blow as far as I'm concerned, right? He's left tackle. He's been there. He's only missed one game in his career. So that, that, is, a, that is a big deal if he's going to be out. He hasn't practiced all week long. Here's Coach Pierce on what's going to happen if uh, Colton Miller is out. Yeah, part of our uh, process here the last couple of days is just next man up mentality. So if it ain't Colton Miller, it'll be the next gentleman up. And obviously, everybody's been practicing the right way. So if that comes to fruition and we have to move on from Colton to somebody else, not going to blink. And they're not going to blink. And we expect them to do the exact same job Colton Miller doing. When Colton Miller goes in there and he's in there, he's going to be Colton Miller. So we're, we're fine. Uh, no panic. You know, nobody's over here worried about what's going to happen with Colton if he's in or not. I love the confidence. <laughs> I really do. I can appreciate the confidence. I respect the confidence. But I always say if the next man up was as good as the man that's up right now, he wouldn't be the next man. He would be the man, right? So there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off. There's no doubt. Uh, Colton has been uh, steady. He's been steady Eddie ever since the Raiders drafted him uh, and, and grew into that position. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's still with, with a team like the Jets and their front seven that they have, that's, that's a blow if he's not there. But you heard the confidence. And if the one thing is if – if he has the confidence in whoever's going to fill in that role, and I would assume it's going to be Jermaine Illuminor if Colton Miller can't go, put him at the left tackle spot and then put uh, Thayer Munford at the right tackle spot. If, uh, if that's the case, 
you know, and, and Antonio Pierce has the confidence in those guys, like you heard him say right there, that will help them as well. If they know that, hey, there's a guy there that believes in me, that's, that's only going to help them. So that's, that is the positive, and you heard all the confidence that he had. And, look, think about this. Antonio Pierce is a guy that got into the league as an undrafted free agent. He didn't walk across the stage. He didn't get a big hug from the commissioner. He didn't wear the nice hat or have the jersey up that had a one on the back. He didn't have that. He was an undrafted guy. So he's probably putting that, that same confidence into somebody who's not Colton Miller. Like, hey, man, I know you're not that dude, but all you need is an opportunity to go out there and play. I believe in you. And that's what guys that, you know, have to really work and struggle and fight to get where they go, that's the kind of mentality that they have. So I think that that, that, that could play a role in this game. Now, it still is not going to stop the people that you're playing against on the other side. I mean, Quentin Williams is still Quentin Williams, and their edge rushers are still edge rushers. You know, his brother Quincy coming off the, the you know, the, for the linebacker position, the edge, getting after the quarterback, he's still there. But it's, if you have someone that believes in you, man, that does go a long way. Uh, one of the questions I asked him was just about the challenges that he's faced so far. He's been the interim head coach since uh, basically November 1st when Coach McDaniels got fired on, uh, on, on Halloween night. So basically since November 1st. It's only November 10th. What's been the most challenging part of the job so far? Uh, all the requests. Time consuming. You know, do you think you can be somewhere and focus on this and then you get pulled out of a lot of meetings or um, studies or things that you're doing. Uh, so that's the biggest thing. And at the end of you want to make yourself available. Doors wide open. It's not closed. So um, I understand that. And obviously uh, it'll be an adjustment as I go forward. Time management is a mother, <laughs> right? You've got to have the best time management at any time, man. I'm, it's, I, I, I come across that all the time. It's funny when he said that. And, you know, he's obviously he's addressing me because I asked the question. And I'm laughing. I'm just thinking like, yeah, yeah, know all about that, man. I mean, you got to. You got to really work that time, man. If you if you're doing a lot of different things and you've got to wear a lot of different hats, you got to figure out exactly how much time you can allow for this and understand that there's going to be things that are going to pop up that you're not expecting. I don't know how many times it is I'm sitting at the radio station thinking, "Okay, I'm about to plan for this show and we're going to be good to go." And all of a sudden, Ari comes in and is like, "Hey man, you got a second?" And when Ari says you got a second, believe me, brother, it's not a second. <laughs> it is never a second. That's <laughs> never a second. When Ari says, do you have a second, you better put, the, put aside about 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm thorough. <laughs> yeah, you ain't lying. <laughs> My best and worst quality. <laughs> you ain't lying. No, you don't leave un any stone unturned, that's for sure. <laughs> I can respect that, though. I can respect that. It shows that you care, right? That's, that's what we're going to say. That's yeah, what we'll say. I like it. I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> and no, we can move just, on real quick. No, no it's all good. No, time management, though, is serious. It, yes. it's, it's like that, that is one of those things that you really do have to figure out. And, and once you do, then it's, able, it's, it's easier to move forward. Uh, how about A.J. Cole? A.J. Cole put together a hell of a, of a game on Sunday night, man. I mean, the, the way that he was – what, he averaged 63 yards on his punts? I mean, he was incredible. That was an NFL record. And I know we talked about it a little bit earlier in the week, but there hasn't been a whole lot of people talking about it. But that being able to flip the field and – the Raiders are also familiar with guys that are able to flip the field from the punting position. They have so many punters in the history of this organization that have been really good. A.J. Cole is another one of them. So here's Antonio Pierce talking about A.J. Cole and how he helps the defense by flipping the field. Yeah, I always would say this, though, even as a player and a coach. You know, kickers and punters are unique. Specialists are unique. So they have their routine. You don't mess with them. You know, if they get their coffee at a certain time, you don't get their coffee. Then you find time to talk to them. Uh, and I think that's how we've been working. But listen, what A.J. did the other night – um, I don't think we talked enough about, you know, NFL, single game record, changed field position for us. The cover units was great. The protection was good. And then just watch how those guys celebrated and understanding 
what what he accomplished. You know, he was a player of the game for us. He's got the first spot out there in the parking lot, uh, first man in the building, first spot. So uh, obviously we respect and our our special teams has been our core. It's been prior, you know, the, the strength of our team in each and every game, giving us opportunities. Uh, but along with him and Carlson, they've done an outstanding job along with our kick and coverage units. Antonio Pierce talking about A.J. Cole, how much he helps the defense, and he really does. I mean, sometimes your best play is a punt. I mean, it really is. You'd rather punt the ball than turn the ball over, and when especially you have a guy like A.J. Cole that is able to position the ball the way he does and, and really flip the field and, and not allow teams to set up with good field position because you know, he doesn't have a really good punt, that's, that's awesome. It, it really is, and A.J. has is, is prided himself in being really good, and, and it really showed in a major way on Sunday versus the Giants. Just got a couple more sound bites from Antonio Pierce as we met with him earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Another question that I asked him was about Marcus Epps. I can't remember who asked me about Marcus Epps, but somebody did. So I wanted to ask Coach Pierce what his thoughts were on him and how he's been able to help everybody in that secondary, including Trayvon Merrick. Yeah, Marcus Epps did a great job. When he first got here, he grabbed that group. Uh, you saw them in the cafeteria. You saw them in different parts of the building, kind of circled up, brought that, that unit closer together, I feel, on and off the field. Great communicator, great leader, student of the game, a winner. He's a winner. He was there last year. He was right there to having himself a ring. And he's brought that leadership and that understanding of what it's like. Like I talked about, that winning stamina and winning mentality uh, into our building. There you go. There's, uh, there's Coach Pierce talking about Marcus Epps, and I, I really do think he's helped Trayvon Merrick. Trayvon Merrick's had a really good season. He really has. I think the first two games of the season, he got out of the gates a little bit slow. But after that, man, he's, uh, he's been playing really well, and, and I like what you see from that back end, uh, the safety position. And no, Marcus Epps hasn't made a bunch of plays, but I think he's made guys around him play at a better level, at a higher level. And the one thing I, I see with this Raiders defense is that there's leaders on all, all levels of it, from the defensive line to the linebacking room, to the secondary. So how important, and this is another question I asked Coach Pierce, how important is it having leaders in all three areas of that defense? Yeah, if you take care, you know, obviously you got Max, you got Robert uh, Splane, then you got Epps. But then you got guys, I'll be honest, like a, a guy that a lot of guys look up to is Marcus Peters. And he's done an outstanding job. You know, it hasn't always been pretty. He knows that. We've had great conversations about it. But the mind and the purpose is there. And this is a pro. This is a guy who's done it at a high level for a long time. Uh, he makes our group better. So just doing that on both sides of the ball. We just talked about our specialists. I mean, I, listen, we got a good team here. We just got to keep playing and playing well. Coach Pierce on the, the defensive leaders, and they do. They have leaders in every room, right? The, the secondary, the linebackers, the defensive line, and that's important. And, and I think you've seen it by the success that the defense has had this season. And, you know, him talking about Marcus Peters, he said it hasn't always been pretty. We've had conversations. You know, that goes back to the, the effort when it comes to tackling and, you know, obviously he's put a couple interceptions on the ground, but he's making – he's there to make plays. He just hasn't made all the plays, but he's, he's been there and helped out the, the secondary uh, clearly, as you can hear from Coach Pierce. As I mentioned, just got a couple more, and this one's on Robert Spillane. Robert Spillane went out there last week and played with a club on his hands. He went – or on his hand. He, uh, he went and had surgery, no problem, just went and got right back into the mix. I'm going to go out there and play. There was times he was questionable uh, for the game on Sunday, but I don't think there was anyone who really thought and questioned if he was going to be out there. So here's Coach Pierce on Spillane playing right after surgery. Yeah, listen, he, he called me um, right away after it happened. He was a little drowsy. Um, and then he called me back and asked me if it was real. I said it was real. And he said I'll be there tomorrow. And then he showed up on Sunday. So, you know, those are the kind of guys you got, man. You know, if you get if you get men like that, you know, I'm not, not going to say every guy's going to be built that way. But if you have enough of them and they have that mindset, now he can start to use his tentacles and use that on other people and spread that message and spread really that – 
that physical toughness and that mindset that he had. And, and he's a lunch pail guy. Look where he's come from the bottom. And he's one of the leaders and captains of our team, and he's a great one. Pierce on Robert Spillane right there. And I'll say this, he's been a, a pleasant, uh, I don't want to say surprise, but he's been a nice addition to this Raiders defense. He was a guy that I wasn't sure what to expect when the Raiders signed him. I knew that he was a good run thumper. I knew he's, his big highlight was stopping Derrick Henry down by the goal line and really giving him the buyout, you know, hitting him pretty hard and dropping him. I knew that that was his big highlight, but everyone that I reached out to that covers the Steelers said, hey, tell me something about Spillane. Um, well, you know, he's good at stopping the run, but he's going to drive you crazy in coverage. Uh, he's good at stopping the run, but, you know, he, he's not going to do this. He's not going to do that. Ah, he's all right. Well, let's just put it like this. Pittsburgh didn't really try to hold on to him. Like, everything I heard was really more like, yeah, he's all right, right? He's not really that good. And then all of a sudden he's turned into be one of the leaders of the Raiders' defense. So I've been, I've been very pleased with what I've seen from the effort from Robert Spillane. He leads the team in tackles right now. Uh, he's very tough, as you heard from uh, Antonio Pierce right there, and, and he brings it. And he's, oh, by the way, came up with a, a couple of interceptions so far this season. Almost had another um, – hell, almost had two more. He's, he's damn near had four interceptions. He has two, but he damn near had four so far in the season. And also, and we'll close out with this, with the linebacker group, Masterson, Diablo, they're back practicing. Here's Coach Pierce just giving an update on those two guys. It's good. They both had good weeks of practice, ready to go. Um, it's good to have a full group there. And there's been kind of a Rolodex in that room the last two weeks with injuries. Uh, but the one thing about uh, I think our team is what I've seen in our staff is they're willing to get out there. They're willing to fight through injuries and pains and nicks. You never will be 100% until we get back in you know, January and off season. So um, for our guys, just to get them out there and to have that unit you know, be a, a, a glue again is really good for our defense. You know, and he talks about the toughness again and guys going out there, even though they're banged up, they're nicked up, they're bruised up. When you have a guy like Robert Spillane who's playing with a club on his hand right after having surgery, if you're Luke Masterson, and I'm not saying that this is the case, but if you have a, a little bit of a, a bump and a bruise, how are you not going to go out there and play, right? You got a guy that's out there playing with a club on his hand. Trayvon Merrick, same thing. He never, he never missed a beat when he had a club on his hand. Never missed a beat. Just was out there playing and came up with a couple interceptions with a club on his hand. So if you have dudes like that putting it out there on the line, knowing how banged up they, that they are and that they could have a valid reason to say, yeah, coach, I can't, I can't go this week. And, and there's nothing you can say. I mean, if you got, have a guy out there in the, in the safety position and he has one hand and he says, I can't go, you can't blame them. But these guys are out there and they're battling and they're, they're fighting and they're clawing and scratching even as they're banged up like that. 349 is the time. We've got to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get to you, Bernard. I see you. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings with Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness, live at Buffalo Wild Wings with your boy Q. 65 East Horizon Ridge is where we're at. Henderson, Buffalo Wild Wings. The wife just got here, so you know it's a party. <laughs> you know it's a party. And the wife's in the building. We're having a good time. Just come on, hang out with us. we got Nick Shook coming up at the top of the hour from NFL.com, NFL Network. We'll scatter shoot all things NFL. But let's go out to the phone lines, talk to a very patient Bernard. Bernard, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, hey it's all cute. It ain't hard to be patient with your show, man. <laughs> hey, um, it ain't, man. Uh, real quick, uh, I think I, I called maybe a week ago when we seen the, the change, heard about the change, and I was like, you need to give Chan Bailey the job. And you was like, yeah, hey, you can't just give it to him. I, I agree. I was kind of, kind of caught up in the moment. I agree, you can't just give it to him. But I wanted your thoughts, and not necessarily you're going to tell me right now. GM before coach, or coach before GM? I'm just wondering how that, you know, how that all works out. You know, what what you think works better? And then um, you probably remember calling about me. 
Mm-hmm. It ain't about the size of the dog. I told That's you, right. man, that dude, is, he is a, every time he's on the field, man, he makes plays, and the limited yep. time that he plays, it, it's amazing to me. And he, he reminds me a little bit, uh, when you think about smaller players, uh, Tyron Matthew. They're mm. about the same size, and yep. Tyron Matthew, nobody ever talked about how big he was because he made plays all the time. And um, I think this game is going to be really close. Both are, are, I think the Raiders have a better offense, in, in my opinion. I, I just think they yeah. – I think – I think the Jets' defense, kind of like last week, I think they're just going to be on the field too much because they're not going to be able to move the ball. And the Raiders will end up getting some short advantage, take advantage of getting a short field, and they'll be able, be able, be able to put up enough points um, to win the game. So hopefully we get a victory and uh, just move forward from there. Um, great job to Ari. It's good to have him back because I missed him when he was gone, man. <laughs> Don't tell him that, man. He'll get a big Appreciate head, but good call. Good call, Bernard. Appreciate that. I'll answer that question on the other side, and then we'll get to Nick Shook as we kick off hour number three of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.